You're listening to the Watling and Owen Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Watling and Owen Show. Luke Owens, Matt Watling. I definitely didn't forget that I was hosting today. Welcome into everyone on Twitch, everyone uh, listening the next day on the podcast. We've got a big show today. We had big news fall right into our laps with Nathaniel Hackett on his way to New York to be the new Jets offensive coordinator. We'll also talk some more Bills, maybe a little Giants if we have time. I've got a big uh, Bills Bacchanal of a take that I want to drop. Not really a take, kind of more of an observation, so I don't want to get people too hyped up, but I'm excited to talk a little bit of Bills, as excited as I can be. And, of course, we will give our NFC-AFC championship picks, although, Matt, you are eliminated. That's right. But I still... Even with you being eliminated, I'm still I've still really been putting a lot of thought into these picks this week, so I'm excited for that. But we'll start with the Jets. Who would have thought? Conference championship weekend, Bills are eliminated, Giants are eliminated. We're going to talk some Jets, and it was announced earlier today that former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett will be the new Jets offensive coordinator. I'm I'll give first thoughts to you, Matt, resident Jets guy. Nathaniel Hackett to the Jets. How does how does that make you feel? I'm excited about it. I think my number one option would have been Frank Reich or, or maybe Cliff Kingsbury. But as you saw, Frank Reich had a pretty successful head coaching tenure. He gets another head coaching job in Carolina. So when I broke it down, I wanted a guy that had experience calling plays. And he's got six years of that experience. Was he super successful? I would say no. But also you look at the quarterbacks he's coached. And it was EJ Manuel, Kyle Orton, and then Blake Bortles before you know Russell Wilson last year. So I like it. You know, I wanted a guy that had some experience. He's got ties to Aaron Rodgers, which we'll get into, you know, later on. But to me, I think the biggest thing to take away is you've got someone that has experience and also a guy that runs an offense, the West Coast offense, similar to Michael Fleur, which is very good for Zach Wilson, who now doesn't need to learn a brand new offense. It's good for the wide receivers who don't need to learn a brand new offense. And it's good for, you know, if they want to bring in Jimmy G, that's still an option. And obviously, it's, for me, that's a, a backup sort of secondary option. But now you have a, a veteran quarterback that knows the system very well, maybe doesn't know the coach very well, but knows the system that he runs fairly well. And I think that's two big takeaways from this signing. Yeah, and I, I texted you earlier and I said, I feel neutral about this, which is a good thing, because I've kind of decided with, especially with coordinator hires, that I'm kind of going to take it at at face value and not get too far in one direction because it's just so hard to tell without seeing it. But the good news with Nathaniel Hack is we have seen it before. And I've actually seen it pretty close up. He was at Syracuse under Doug Marone that he went to the Bills where, you know, like you mentioned, he had EJ Manuel and obviously the passing stats weren't there, but they ran the ball really well under Nathaniel Hackett with Fred Jackson and CJ Spiller. I do remember that they, they were, had a good running offense as did the Jaguars. And, you know, the Jets also have one of those two back systems where it could work well. And, I, I agree with uh, Rich Samini. I'm trying to find the exact quote. He tweeted a lot about it. Obviously. Here we go. He kind of had the pros and cons list, and I kind of agreed with a lot of it. Like like you said, he runs the West Coast offense. Uh, you know, He took Blake Bortles to an AFC championship game. And obviously, I think the one big con is what we saw last year in Denver, which to me, I don't put a lot of stock into as the offensive coordinator now because I think it's a lot less responsibility. But it, you know, you also have to take into account he was calling plays. So there was that negative. The Broncos offense was not good. So I think this has the potential to be a really great hire. 
and it also has the potential to to not be so great. But I'm I'm very neutral on this. I'm not giving too hard of a take in either way, not to to disappoint you. And, and I think that's the right take to to be based off of. And for me, the excitement more comes from this wasn't a, a failure in my eyes. And, and you can say, you know, a lot of the issues he had last, you know, season was you know clock management, timeouts. He didn't have he doesn't have to control those now as the offensive coordinator. You know, there is no game management and. I really wonder how much of his play calling abilities were hindered by the fact that he had to run an entire team for the first time. He didn't have Aaron Rodgers to lean on to help him through the offensive side of thing like maybe the, the Broncos expected him to have. So is it a home run? No, I, I think it's a good hire. I think it could have gone a lot worse because you got a guy that you know can be an offensive coordinator in the league. You, you know he can do it. Um, are there flaws? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, this hire comes down to who is his quarterback. And if he gets a good quarterback, a good veteran quarterback, which this team frankly needs, I don't think he's going to have as big an impact on the team. Because look at all the great quarterbacks in the NFL, Luke. Like, do we ever complain about who their offensive coordinator is? Like, ever? No. Like, do you even know who – who's the Eagles' offensive coordinator? Couldn't tell you. Right. Who is the – who else is good? Who is the Bengals' offensive I mean, coordinator? We don't know. Exactly. Who's Aaron Rodgers' yeah. offense coordinator this year? Right. No one knows. So, like, and I was actually – it's funny you say that because I was literally talking about that earlier today in a, in a group chat where you know me. one kid was like, this is a – not no, this is a – you had a Jets fan. He was like, hey, like how should I feel about the tire? You know, he's kind of newer into football. I said you should you should feel pretty good about it. He's got a, he's got a good track record. And, you know, another kid was like, oh, well, you know, last year with the Broncos, this is that. I said, look – we don't even know half the, the coordinators in, in the in the NFL. Like we don't know how they operate on a daily basis. We don't know who calls the plays. It's like with Eric Bieniemy, where a lot of people are like, okay, why hasn't he got a job? Well, people will counter and say, well, he doesn't call the plays. It's like, okay, so what does he do? No one knows. Like the only people that know are the people inside the building. So until we see the results and we know Hackett's gonna be calling plays, so we can judge him based off that this year. So if he puts together a good offense, if they get him a good quarterback, then I'm sure he can have some great results. And I agree. I think once they got off LaFleur, I really wanted them to go the veteran route. Like if you're going to go, you know, don't go for the another, another young hot shot because you know, those can work out or they can flame out, get someone that, you know, can be steady. And I think that's what Hackett gave. And you. that was my big takeaway as well. And, and that's why I'm so happy about it is because they didn't go young. They went a veteran route and he knows how to control an offense and control, I don't say the locker room, but like manage the locker room. And, and look, as good as the Jets, players sans quarterback were last year there were a lot of issues you had two wide you had two wide receivers asking for a trade you had a lot of dysfunction in that offensive room and I, I I have to imagine Nathaniel Hackett can can keep that at bay whether it be through his play calling whether it be through his personality or just general managing of people like I have to imagine he can do as good if not a better job than LaFleur did yeah and I guess the one question I'd have for you is how much do you think because you know, the Jets are going to say that it wasn't this, this, and that, but do you think any part of the Jets thought, like, hey, like, maybe everyone's even, we like all of our candidates, but with Hackett, we can get Aaron Rodgers maybe a little bit easier? Do you think that crossed their mind That at all? has to be part of the conversation. This is a team that has said repeatedly, we're looking for a veteran quarterback, and, you know, people say, hey, the, the Broncos just tried it and they failed. But that was their head coach. That wasn't the offensive coordinator. I, I do think there's a genuine difference between giving the keys to the kingdom for the chance and the prayer that you get Aaron Rodgers, who was never even moved, 
to this year where it sounds like it's more likely for him to get moved. You know, maybe he's more open to it. And now the Jets have all the resources in the world plus his buddy to go do it. So I, I, I think it's partially that way. But also how many veteran offense coordinators were available? And if you wanted a veteran like I did and like you, you want to, there weren't that many guys you could have gotten. Yeah, and I, I also think right now when I look at this Jets situation, there's been a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers this week within New York media, which has gotten really interesting. You know, people giving both sides. You know, the one side is, was last year's Rodgers what we're going to see for last you know, year's Rodgers? Sorry to cut you off, Luke. Was would have been a top five Jet quarterback season. Yes, I think it was like third in touchdowns, fifth in passing yards, or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with you. I was just saying, you know, that's some of the theory out there. Is like. There's that, and then there's the other side of, you know, the, the Packers didn't have a ton of weapons, and, you know, the Jets do, which I think is is definitely a, a correct argument. I don't think it's as vast of a difference as people are making out to I, be. I disagree. At the start of the year. Really? I mean— At the start of the year, you know, by week 18, when, the, when Watson was really good, I see a difference, but is Watson even close to Garrett Wilson right now? No, no, but I, but I do think, you know, is Lazard outside of Wilson, like is Lazard outside great? Of Wilson, no, like I think the Jets, no, but is Corey Davis great? Is Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore great? is good. He's very good when you utilize him I, right? I and know. hopefully Hack can learn to utilize him. Good. He was good. Like I think, you know, Randall Cobb has a track record. Lazard has a track record. They have two really good running backs. Obviously Brees Hall got hurt. So, I mean, I, I don't think the disparity is that. No, I think it difference. is. I, I, I think he just didn't have the guy. Like he, like you could argue Garrett Wilson would be his Devonte Adams type, whereas he never got that replacement in Green Bay. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I feel like pe- I don't know. Well, I got. We'll find out. Well, the Rogers offensive line for the, the Jets the isn't Jets. great. It wasn't great in Green Bay either. The running game without Brees Hall is is not great. But you hope to have him back by, you know, normal. I would guess hopefully by the bye week, whenever that is, right or week six, seven. And then as for the offensive weapons, like. They're probably gonna have to find a wide receiver three because I don't think Corey Davis is is going to be on this team next year unless he takes a significant pay cut. I don't think Braxton Bears can be trusted as a legitimate wide receiver next season based off of what happened this past year. So I think they're gonna try to improve the weapons and and, and frankly go from there. I think you really got to figure out what Elijah Moore is because I don't know if I can sit here and say he's definitely a number two just because of everything that's kind of popped up this year. So, like, you know, he sent me that mock draft. I forget who had uh, done it. If it, it was, was Kuiper. Bill Kuiper. And, you know, I was thinking about it, and Smith and Jigbo is the guy that the Jets were projected to take. And I, that's not the worst thing in the world, to be honest. I mean, you, you look at how, like, the Bengals have operated these past few years, especially because you almost want those wide receiver timelines to, to be that one-year gap or try to get them to correlate as close as possible because if Smith and Jigba turns into a star too, it's like, all right, let's 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 try to get something going before these guys have to get paid, almost like when you have to pay a quarterback. And I know the Jets have a few other holes they're going to want to address, but there's not as many as in recent years because they're going to hope that Mekhi Becton can come back and be a force. Elijah Vera Tucker was awesome when he was healthy. Uh, McGovern ended up being like a top like 15 center uh Per pro football focus so they've got pieces there so it's not as crazy as before so I wouldn't even hate that idea of, of taking a wide receiver in the first round I would like to get a starting caliber lineman in the draft now whether you think you can get him in the second round or first round that's a different story but I do think I think especially if you're trying to lure Aaron Rodgers in you want to have a, a better line than you had last year because that line by the end of it just was not getting a whole lot of push for the running backs not named Reese Hall, and they just wasn't enough protection for 
you know, the quarterback and, and it literally got Mike White's ribs destroyed. And if you're Aaron Rodgers, yeah, do you really want to go through that? You know, may, maybe it gets better when AVT comes back, but do you want to risk having those types of injuries if you're Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I agree. I think Lyman would definitely be the number one where I'd go in the first round. But, you know, if, if, if all your guys are gone, you don't want to trade up and, you know, Smith and Jigba sitting there and you want to take a chance on a guy that's, you know, battled injury, but it's been elite when he's healthy. Like, I don't think that's a bad idea either, either just the way the NFL is going. I mean, Joe Burrow is just doing it all with no offensive line and two great. But do you want so that really for the Jets? Like, no, you I mean, you Joe don't Douglas want that. Too, Joe Douglas is an offensive lineman guy. Like he is obsessed with building an O-line and, and I don't see in his that's character. That's what I've heard, but it's never worked. I mean, he's got some nice pieces. Yeah. But like, just because it hasn't worked, he's going to punt entirely on the offensive line and say, you know what? Our O-line is going to suck and I'm going to go get some weapons. No, like he's going to try to build that offensive line. Well, I think a lot of it depends how you how he feels about Mekhi Becton. Because if Mekhi Becton comes back and he's an actual first-round guy, then that you've got your blindside protected. Like, you know, obviously Tomlinson isn't great, but I think a left guard is easier to find than a left tackle. I think Tomlinson's going to get better, though. Like, I think he was put in I a bad spot. He was just a pro bowler last two years ago. Like he can't be that bad. No, that's true. I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably injury based. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, I think Hackett will be a good hire. Um, I do want to talk about the bills and I do want to drop this take before it gets too late in the show. I've been thinking about it. Stewing. I don't know if it's really a take or just an observation. I realize that I'm rooting for the same baseball and football teams. The Yankees and the bills have become the same team. And here's why. There's a few reasons why. Number one, I think back to a few years ago in 2017 when the Bills made the ALCS. They lost to the Astros. And everyone's like, okay, they're here. Give them a couple years. They're going to be the team that wins. That was the Bills. They lost the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs a year where they weren't supposed to be there. A house money type year. Everyone said, okay, they'll be back. And now what happened? They lose to the Chiefs. They lose to the Bengals. And you look at the Yankees. They lose to the Rays. They lose to the Astros. Other teams that were right in that same caliber as them they lost to. And then they kind of go into the offseason and they say, okay, we've got a great team. Maybe we'll add a piece here and a piece there. We're not going to do anything crazy. Let's stick to our formula. With the Yankees, it was, okay, let's get Garrett Cole. With with the Bills, okay, let's go get Von Miller. We need an ace. We need a, a guy that can go get the quarterback. They make these big signings. Obviously, Von Miller gets hurt. That doesn't help. And then you see you know, Garrett Cole, he's been okay. He's been great at times, but not to the level that you thought. And then the last piece that I kind of look at with the comparison between the Yankees and the Bills, they have one star that kind of shines above the rest. For the Yankees, it's Aaron Judge. For the Bills, it's Josh Allen, where they're asked to do way too much. You know, Aaron Judge has this great year, historic year. He struggles in the playoffs. No one around him can help. Josh Allen had a really great regular season. However you want to slice it, he finished top five in the MVP voting. Goes to the playoffs, struggles a little bit, maybe to the fault of the offensive coordinator, maybe not, but there's not to pick him up. And I, I really see similarities in these two teams where this offseason, I, you know, the Yankees re-signed Judge and everyone's like, okay, it's great. But for how long is that okay? You know, for how long before they say Aaron Hicks is the starting left fielder, you know, that kind of washes away. And I feel the same way with the Bills where it's like, I don't know what changes this offseason. If anything, they lose Poirier, they lose Edmonds, they get worse. So I, I've just been stewing on that this week. I, I feel like I'm living in, in this crazy world. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I guess the only difference is the Yankees have actually won a championship. Right. I, I'm saying recently. I know. I'm obviously I just not remind saying you the that history of the Bills. And the Yan- I'm not an idiot. I'm not an just idiot. Just a reminder, the Bills haven't won a Super Bowl, bud. Just thought I'd remind yeah, you. I, I know. And also, I mean, 
to be honest, if we're talking about my lifetime. I mean, the Yankees have won one World Series since I actually started caring about them, and I was in like fourth grade. So, I mean, they haven't had success in in my days. True, they've had success. No, I, I think it's a good take. And now the question is, how do you overcome those issues, right? And it's a lot easier for the Yankees to do it because it's unlimited money, as opposed to what the Bills have to go through. And now it's time to be creative and. I kind of want to get your take, Luke, on what uh, Brandon Bean said about Jamar, Jamar Chase. And basically he was like, hey, right now Cincinnati has an advantage of a rookie QB contract. And he said, I don't want to suck so bad to have to get Jamar Chase. Which y- you kind of already went through the suck. That's when you got, you know, Trey White and, you know, the, the laundry list of picks that you got for the Patrick Mahomes trade. And then you end up getting Josh Allen a year later. And, you, you know, you traded a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs, who ended up being Justin Jefferson. And I think that's the right move at the time because you wanted a, leg, uh, a solidified number one as opposed to a guy that could be a number one. But let's not act like the Bills haven't had first-round draft picks coming in and, and performing and play because that's how you got Josh Allen. You're maybe a year ahead of, of Cincinnati. And really the only difference between their situations is that Joe Burrow figured out, what, a year faster than Josh Allen did? Yeah, and I th- also think that, you know, first of all, I, I don't I don't really like the comment because it just comes off as kind of loser talk, and it's like, oh, well, like, you know, Cincinnati has this big advantage over us. Like, I don't love it. I think it's true. Like, I, like the Bengals are in a good spot right now, and I was thinking about, before I even said this, I was going to say, like, the Bengals are in a good spot right now because Joe Burrow's on a rookie deal, uh, T. Higgins is on a rookie deal, and Jamar Chase is on a rookie deal. So they do definitely have that advantage because once those guys get paid – or, you know, one of them leaves. You know, we saw Tyreek Hill leave the Chiefs. I could see T. Higgins leave the Bengals. I mean, you said last show you think he's gone. So, like, these things happen. But I will counter this and say, you know, Baron and Bean's drafting strategy has been a lot different than the Bengals. Like, he's tried to bolster the defense. You know, he went after Josh Allen. He got Tremaine Edmonds with the 16th pick. Then the next year they got Ed Oliver. Then they traded for Diggs. Then they got Greg Rousseau. Then they got Kyrie Elam. So, they haven't really gone, tried to go that route. They haven't tried to get another weapon. They've kind of been content with Gabe Davis, who's a fourth-round pick, and with Stefan Diggs, whereas the Bengals got T. Higgins, had a great first year, and then they got Jamar Chase on top of that. Like They they really stacked those guys. So I understand what he's saying, and it's true. I think the Bengals want to win now because once they have to pay these guys, it's going to look different. But it just the timing of it just kind of feels like loser it, talk. And it probably was loser talk, if we're being honest. And – I'm also surprised he even spoke on a player that's under contract. I thought that wasn't allowed, but I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't want to say the Bills. Well, they all, the, the Bills roster. also had chances when Josh Allen was on his rookie deal. Like the first time they had the AFC Championship game, I know they weren't supposed to be there, but like the Bengals weren't supposed to be there last year. Like every year, there's teams that aren't supposed to be there, and so many times they don't make it back. Like obviously, the Bengals have done it back to back years, but. You know, would it be crazy if like the Chargers are there next year or the Dolphins or the Jets get Aaron? Like different stuff happens every year. Like you, it's just like the the windows are so crazy. And I, yeah, I don't know. And I just, I, I think the, the bills are constructed in an okay way, but it kind of goes back to, if you want to nitpick this roster, you know, you can't really nitpick the Von Miller sign because the injury. But now you can also say, well, if we sign him, should we have had the foresight to say we might lose Trey White and we might lose Jordan Poyer, other pieces, you know, uh, who, who's the, the safety that got it's hurt? A- Micah Hyde. 
Yeah, like, well, Edmonds and Poyer right now are free agents, so they're definitely the big ones because Poyer wanted a contract before the year. He didn't get it. Uh, Hyde's locked up a couple more years. Trey got his contract. But I, I, I guess I, Tremaine I saw, Edmonds is the other guy that might be gone as well. Um, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds is a free agent. And I, the question I saw floating around Bill's Twitter, which was interesting, was would you take back the Von Miller contract to get – good offensive lineman instead and it's like it's complete hindsight because if von miller is healthy and he helps them win you know i don't think the Bengals game really would have changed but say he can get to joe burrow a couple of times and they i think they it win could that have game. though yeah i think yeah. i think but also like he could have changed the team and they maybe don't lose a couple games while he's hurt and then they're the one seed you know true no that's that's 100 true like i just think it was an interesting hypothetical where it's like do you give all the money to one guy that can you know I mean, Von Miller single-handedly could have, like, gotten them over the edge of the Super Bowl. Or, you know, do you just sure up one aspect that can help you get a little bit better? I think that's kind of the debate that's going around. Right. And, you know, to, to add to the conversation, I think if – I, if again, if we're nitpicking Brandon Bean, should they have went and drafted Justin Jefferson? Should they have known that Justin Jefferson was that good and could have helped Josh Allen? Now, yeah, I, I mean, that's a fair point. I would argue no because you knew what you were getting in Stephon Diggs. And I think kind of I, – I would assume Josh Allen in that moment would have needed a veteran guy that knows how to play in the NFL versus a question mark where Kirk Cousins can kind of help uh, Justin Jefferson a lot. I also think there's too much of like a – sorry to cut you off. I feel like there's too much like a variance where it's like maybe they did love Justin Jefferson, but it's like, okay, we're sitting here and they're like, oh, Philly's probably going to take him. You know, like Philly ends up taking Jalen Rieger instead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they maybe like they were thinking, like, man, we really like this guy, but is he really going to fall to us in the mid round when we can just get a a slam dunk guaranteed That's number true. one? That's a good point. But where do you go from here if you're the, if you're the Bills? And I guess we've kind of had this conversation before. W- would you say you'd rather short? And I guess this is a kind of a, a, a spin off of the question before you had with Von Miller. Are you investing all of your your cap or all your money and, and resources into offensive line, or are you going the route of another wide receiver, another weapon? I think they at this point, I think they probably have to go O line first, which is tough because, I mean, this offensive line just just isn't very good, and I the outside of uh, Deion Dawkins, they're just like they're not they're kind of put together. Grinds uh, Roger Saffold they brought over from Tennessee. Uh, obviously Dawkins is like their long-term guy. Mitch Morris has like 80 concussions now. Temple He's made. not getting any younger. Deion Dawkins. Yeah. Like Ryan Spencer Brown was a draft pick they had. He hasn't really been great. Ryan Bates is okay. Like really outside of Deion Dawkins, who is your left tackle, which is important that he's your best lineman, but it's really not good. So, I mean, I think lineman has to be the emphasis, but I mean, their receiving core just wasn't very good. So it's both. I mean, it's really both. And I think their defense is going to get worse. So they're, like I said last year, I just I don't think they're in a great spot, which is scary because like how do you reset your team when you're paying all that money to a quarterback who look deserves it, but it's not gonna change how much money you're giving them, you know? Yeah, win on the rookie contract, but it's so hard to do. But once guys get paid, you know the Packers have never really been able to maintain for a while. But then you know he he has to get paid. He goes to the Raiders to get paid. Like finding those, you know perfect like overlapping like great quarterback on a rookie deal defense good enough weapons good enough it's a really tall task for gms to have to do and you know we've seen the jets haven't been able to perfect it so far even the giants weren't able to perfect it because by the time daniel jones got good he has to get paid and saquon barkley has to get paid so it's really hard to, to line up the ranch just gonna say screw it let's go you know full out like if the bills working on picks 
you know, get DeAndre Hopkins, get offensive line. Like they could do that, but they don't have the money that the Rams have. Like, yes, there's a salary cap, but the Rams are able to defer the money easier because they have one of the richest owners in football. Like there's different ways to kind of circumnavigate that. Yeah, for sure. And, and speaking of the the Giants, Luke, unless you have anything else to say on, on the Bills. No, I'm good. I don't think they're getting Saquon Barkley back unless he's on a franchise tag. Yeah, I agree. Just the way that they've spoken about Saquon Barkley, and this was just so telling, is how he, how Joe Sheen spoke of Barkley versus Daniel Jones. He basically was like, hey, Saquon, and the quote was, Saquon's done everything we've asked him to do, and he's a good football player. Again, positional value. We'll get into how we want to build this team and allocate our resources. That's what it comes down to. The fact that he goes, hey, he's a good football player, like, that's telling versus saying, oh, he's been great for us. He's so fantastic, yada, yada. Like, if his entire point is, hey, we've got to build this team the right way, when he's talking about Saquon Barkley, kind of read between the lines. I don't think he's coming back. And, and it's a shame because you can kind of talk yourself into a pretzel where, well, if we don't bring back Saquon Barkley, who's our, who's our weapons for Daniel Jones? Are we going out and trading for DeAndre Hopkins, which is, is a big sum and a, and a big cost, you know? Are we going through through the draft or free agency, like, you might just need to bring him back and overpay because you're not going to find enough weapons this offseason to continue to grow and, and challenge to become a contender. I mean, also, to be honest, I said it last show, maybe Joe Shane isn't thinking the way that a lot of fans are thinking. Maybe he's thinking like, hey, last year was great, but we're still far away. Like, we're not going to try to you know, throw a bandaid on a bullet hole. Like we're, we're going to try to make sure that we build this the right way, because if we do what the last regime did, you know, Dave Gettleman's like, Oh, we're close. Let's throw a lot of money at Nate Solder and let's try to, you know, build, you know, let's try to throw some money at free agents. And then we'll draft a running back at two, like trying to just kind of, you know, put different pieces in where he saw fit. You know, maybe Joe Shane is looking at this and saying, okay, maybe we can get an impact receiver through the draft. And then maybe we can try to do this and that. Like, like maybe he's just not thinking the same way we are, where we're saying, let's get weapons for Jones. Let's do this. Let's do that. Maybe they're saying, let's franchise Jones. Let's draft a receiver and kind of still work their way through the cap issues. Like, I don't know if they're necessarily thinking the same way. But that they've got to find weapons. Like it can't be one receiver in the draft and you're good. Cause a lot of the weapons, all, I mean, the, all the wide receivers you have now, Richie James, Slayton, Sterling Shepard, they're all free agents. So you're going to tell me you're going to bring back those guys at, uh, an okay cost and then bring in one wide receiver and say you did your job no i'm sorry like what what you could do is is you know sign barkley or franchise barkley and then draft two receivers and hope that works out and kind of go the aaron Rodgers route but you can't tell me one you got to bring in more guys it, next year can't be you know plug and play running back two rookie wide receivers and expect daniel jones to have a, a season better than this one you just can't. No, I agree. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, how do we know the Giants aren't just punting on next year? It, like, it's possible. I just I think nothing's guaranteed. Why are we punting on next year? Like, I just I don't understand how you would make your team actively worse. Yeah, I, I'm not saying they're gonna try to make them worse. No, but, but I mean, if you don't bring back Saquon, really gonna, or you don't bring back. But, why, but is it smart? Is it smart to pay Saquon Barkley a lot of money just to? help one year essentially like but then you franchise i don't know him. i don't think that's a smart move i so if you franchise saquon and then what you and you sign jones to like let's a, say 35 uh, mil yeah i mean i guess i'd do that i mean if you can if you're franchising saquon for 10 i think that's fine um i i got so we're sure that shane is in on jones. he's all in do you want to i mean i, I wrote okay. the quotes down 
Do you want him? Well, I mean, we had the whole Dable, like, oh, he was good. Dable's like, a hack in that great. scenario. What is he going to say? <laughs> I know, but Shane's saying, I mean, they're going to negotiations with Jones, and Shane's saying that all these great things about him, so I, I don't know. Shane said we'd like Dale to be here. He's done everything we've asked him to. We would like to have him back. Hopefully we can get something done with his representatives. That would be the goal, to build a team around him where he could lead us to a Super Bowl. All right, so yeah, he was, he's, he's back. Because who else are you bringing in? You, you, you were too good this year to draft a quarterback. And all the, you're, you're bringing Derek Carr or Jimmy G. Like, what's the point of doing that? You might as well bring in the guy you know. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, it, again, franchise Saquon I'm fine with. Long-term deal I don't think I'm fine with. Like, I, I just don't think it's smart. And, and, he, and he declined or rejected a $12 million, uh, around $12 million a year um, at the bye week. So he's yeah. probably looking at $14 million a year. Unless you can defer a lot of that money and go, okay, we'll give you, you know, fourteen a year, but or, you know, we'll give you fifty million over six years, and we'll and we'll front load the contract and have the back couple of years, you know, be those what, what do they call it? those void years, right? That lower the cap cost. Like maybe that's the way you do it. But I just, I I don't see him coming back unless it's on a franchise tag because he wants a little more than the Giants are willing to pay, and that's not a bad thing for the Giants, but. If you lose him, you've got to be aggressive in finding guys, whether it be on the cheap or whether it be guys that you pay a little more that can make Daniel Jones better. Because if you lose Saquon Barkley, you don't really have to try and stop the run game if you're the opposition. You can just do what you usually do, and, and the guy isn't special enough to make a big you know, a big play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk some conference. Let's talk some conference championship games. Uh, Eagles 49ers, obviously, in the NFC. One of the big stories for this game, I guess, was the the question of health for uh, CMC, but he said he's playing, no doubt. Um, I feel like this is the game that a lot of people are circling as, like the Brock Purdy, this is why you were picked last in a draft game. You know, going on the road to Philly, a notoriously tough place to play, but I I, I don't know. I, I think this Niners team is so good around him where, I mean, obviously if he throws three pick sixes, they're going to lose this game, but... There's so much talk about Shanahan the system. It's like, well, if it, if everything around him is so great, do we really think he's just going to all of a sudden crumble like immensely? Like, I know last week he wasn't great against the Cowboys, but it was enough to get the win. Their defense is great. They have CMC. They have Debo Samuel. They have George Kittle. Like all the weapons that they have. I I don't know if I really buy into this. You know, being the game that he just collapses. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be a collapse. I think he could play a little worse. You know, like I just I don't foresee this guy just forgetting how to play football because he has made some good plays. But when I look at the Eagles and the way that their defensive line and their defront is like, I don't know how you're making plays if you're Saquon Barkley or the weapons he has. So that's going to be like the big. Concern. Oh, Saquon Barkley is now in the nine. Did I say Barkley? I meant CMC. Because <laughs> it's the same player. They deserve the same money. I didn't say that. <laughs> well, it is. I mean. The big issue for the Niners last week was they didn't run the ball well. Yeah. I mean, that that's going to be – that that that's what a lot – I mean, CMC averaged 3.5. Elijah Mitchell averaged 3.6. Like, that's not – you know, that's not how the Niners usually operate. Like, Purdy was 19 of 29, 214 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. He was fine. Like, he was, he was fine. He had an okay game. The running game wasn't great, and they only scored 19 points. Like, it's really going to come down to how healthy CMC is, Elijah Mitchell, and, I mean – this is an all-time, all-time, like, battle in the trenches. Like, we know how great the, that the uh, Eagles' defensive line is. Well, the Niners' offensive line is also 
is also really good, anchored by Trent Williams and also uh, Mc, what's his name, McGlinchey. Yeah, McGlinchey. Uh, so they like they have talent on their line to try to combat that. I don't think they have the full five that they would like to have for this matchup. But I mean, this battle in the trenches on both sides is going to be really fun. And then to, watch. to flip it around, the Eagles have one of the best offensive lines, and you've got Nick Bosa going up against that. So I, I think for me now we can talk about Brock Purdy struggling. We could also talk about how good the San Francisco defense is. And, you know, Jalen Hurts, is he going to throw a lot of interceptions? Probably not. I don't foresee that. But when you've got the linebackers that the Niners have and and how talented they are, that makes it so much harder for him to run the ball and and run the the option plays that they like to run it and and run all over the place. So, you know, if you're the Niners, can you, you know, can you afford, can you put up 21 points if you're the Niners and win this football game? Like, absolutely. Like, if, if, if you're the, if you're Shannon, you're saying, let me try to get to 20 points and then rely on my defense to get the rest of it done. And I, I think you can do that. But in that same vein, I think you could also say on the flip side for the Eagles, they could say, hey, let's just run the ball, try to pick up first downs. Maybe we won't get that big, big time play. But if we can just keep collecting first downs and let our defense rest up and make it, you know, a living hell for, for Brock Purdy, like that's what makes this game so interesting is I could see it going either way. Yeah, and I think with, I think the other big question I have, I guess, is are people putting too much stock into the Eagles blowing out the Giants? Like we've kind oh, of yeah. talked about, like okay, like this Giants team obviously wasn't very good. The Eagles had their number all year. Like I feel like there's a lot of that, and and my my eyes are kind of saying the same thing. Where I'm like, oh man, the Eagles offense looked unstoppable. It's like the Niners had three great linebackers. They have Bosa. They have two great safeties. They have a great corner and ward. Like they have so many pieces on defense that the giants don't have. So I feel like I have to think about that. And I also have to think about the way the Niners played last week. was like, not that great. So I feel like I'm coming into this game being like, Philly's going to dominate them. And I'm like, you also can't forget what the Niners have done. And the, and the Niners also played a very good defense in, in Dallas and they played yeah. in offense that has, you know, CD lamb and, you know, I guess the the Dallas defense or the Dallas offense like wasn't too hot last week, but it doesn't take away from what the Niners defense did because the, you could say something about the Giants and their offense. So I think it'll be close. I, I don't really have quite a feel on this game. I think it kind of comes down to which team can make the fewest mistakes. And that's like a dumb thing to say and pretty obvious thing to say, but like, do we trust Brock Purdy to not make a mistake, you know, versus, Jalen Hurts and and I just I don't really know where to go with that because both teams have very good defenses the secondary the Eagles they've got some studs maybe not to the extent that the Niners have but there's some nice pieces there the weapons are are pretty comparable it just comes down to the quarterback play and and I I guess I like Hurts a lot more but I also like Kyle Shanahan a lot more than I like Sirianni I I'll I'll tell you right so Eagles are two and a half point favorites I'll give you my pick right now good I'm kind of, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going into a trap here, but I'm taking the Eagles minus two and a half. Like I just, I, it's not even like Brock Purdy struggling. It's just the Eagles have so many great weapons on offense. Their offensive line is great. Their defense is really good. Like I, I just, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I think they were all year. And I think while last year might be last week might be an overreaction. I also think it's a reminder of what the Eagles were all year. And I think Hertz looked really good. I think he's probably at like 90%. At least he looked like that. He was using his legs. Obviously, one bad hit could change things, but I, I just think the Eagles are a more complete team, which is crazy to say because the Niners are nearly as complete as they are. But when I look at the, you know, you talk about Shannon's got a great history. 
the times where he's lost, it's been, you know, Jimmy G misses one throw to Emmanuel Sanders in the Super Bowl. They don't win. You know, they they lose to the Rams last year. Like, they're going to be in this game. But I think the Eagles can win this by a field goal. So I, I will take the Eagles. Um, but again, I, I, I can't fault anyone for liking the Niners. I, I don't even know what this game. Like, I, I want to take San Fran because of the points. But I, yeah, I'll take San Francisco just because of the points. And look, you already beat me in the picks this year. I'm already running the uh, the 5K. Now, I did add an, an added wrinkle to the 5K, Luke, if you want to hear about it. Okay. So, a friend of the show, Josh Golden, who works with us at uh, ESPN in Syracuse, he basically said bet the house on John Rahm winning the uh, the Farmers Open. Yes, he did. Some of us did actually do that. Uh, I bet money on it. I bet $5 on it. But Which is that's a lot. No, why am I going to bet 10? Why am I going to get more than that on, on a guy I don't even know? I, I just said it was a lot for you. I wasn't critiquing you. Whatever. My my point being, I don't know if I have to come out my 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 dollars size. All right, I'm 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 placing bets I mean, that I feel I, comfortable with. I I literally wasn't. I don't unit shame. You you just did. You said, "Well, that's a lot of money for you." So you're a hack. Anyway, I continue. Okay. If John Rahm misses the cut, me and our friend Josh Golden will have to do a five k with three legged style. So we're going to tape or we're going to rope tie our legs together. We're going to have to do a 5K like that. I just don't – I don't know if you'll be able to do it. To do the full that 5K? That seems very hard. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it through. <laughs> I, I mean, you can do it. Like, I'm fine with that. You're only just adding punishment to yourself, well, though. Like, there's no – there's no, like – nothing that like oh if he does like i have to do something it's just like more pain for you i would think that adding that is just gonna hurt well the flip side is i don't have to really run it so i can go a little slower i also think it'd be hilarious if you're like actually running this 5k and you just see me and josh kind of like hobbling along to be electric i know but like are you gonna get kicked out for that like i don't don't know how these things work it's a good question maybe we can't i guess then i mean you could do it just like on a i mean you could just have you do a 5k without run like no i wouldn't be part of the 5k I know, like I want to see you in your little bib and get your your little orange, your little medal right, after. Fine. Like I do, I, I want to do that. See that. Then. I'll run it normally. Well, Josh just said Rom fighting back in, so I don't know. So maybe he's he's battling for the cut here, but you know, I'm not surprised he didn't text me about it. Yeah, Let's I see. mean, again, I'll give you the, the lowdown, the John Rom lowdown. Oh wow, he's minus three now. Wow. He is. So your little proposition right now is matter. even. So he's good. All right. He's locked in. So right. for those that missed, San Francisco plus two and a half is my pick. Not that it matters because Luke bodied me in the picks this year. I It really makes me think year one was a fluke because I haven't lost since. No, it wasn't hasn't been fluke, close. I'll say that. I mean, again, take away <laughs> the first two weeks of the season. I'm right there with you. Got to get off to a better start. I don't know what just happened. I'm sorry. I just had like a... ESPN commercial just like overlaid six times in my ear when I was trying to look at something and it was very distracting. Right. Um, but obviously the second game, Bengals Chiefs. This has been just the weirdest thing ever. Um, the line at one point was so I think it opened with what the Chiefs were two and a half point favorites or two I think point it was favorites. One and a half, was it? Okay, Chiefs were one and a half. Swung all the way to Bengals minus two and a half, and now we're sitting at Kansas City minus one. A lot of that obviously has been dependent on the health of Patrick Mahomes. Storyline here, number one, the Bengals have the Chiefs number. They beat them three straight times. They beat them in the playoffs last year. They had that big comeback win. And obviously storyline number two is Patrick Mahomes. 
and his health and his ankle. So I feel like when you look at just that, it feels like the Bengals have the edge. But my brain is telling me a lot of people are very high on the Bengals right now. And anytime the Chiefs get any kind of doubt, like going into the year, oh, yeah, the Chiefs won't win the West. They won't make the playoffs. They dominate. Like they love being in the spot where even as the number one seed, they have become the underdog. Yeah. And I think one thing that I think will be really evident this time around is it's going to be Andy Reid versus Zach Taylor. And and I just think I trust Andy Reid a little bit more to this point. Who is notorious for losing championship games. Listen. You're saying. Listen. <laughs> I Am I also rooting for Kansas City? Absolutely. Like, is my brain clouded with that? Yeah, sure. I'll admit it. But, like, I just – I don't know how Patrick Mahomes lets his team lose four times in a row to the same team. Like, that that idea, that concept is so crazy to me. I think this team is very different than what they were last year where they just tried to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. They don't need to do that anymore. So the whole shell coverage that Cincinnati played and let them go underneath, the, the Chiefs have been playing underneath for the last year without Tyreek Hill. And, and for the most part, it's worked out pretty well. I think their run game is eons better than it was when they played the, the Bengals line last. Sick. Yeah. So I, I think that makes a, plays a big role in it. Also, how is Patrick Mahomes not on the injury list? Like he has a high ankle sprain. See, I don't know how that works. Like, do they have like are, are they just playing games? Like, are they allowed to do that in practice? Yeah, so I guess they can just say that. I mean, he was walking fine. He was running fine. Like, I I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine he's feeling great. But I mean, that has to be a little bit encouraging if you're if you're the Chiefs or if you're rooting for the Chiefs. And I think, I I think also like I just feel like the Bills were so dumb last week. Like, can the Chiefs? I also think this is okay. This is a dumb brain take. But I think the way with the snow falling, the Bengals had a perfect offense because they just had quick passes. The defense was playing, which I think A, was done by Leslie Frazier, but also B, it was almost because playing defense in the snow is harder than playing offense because you're going backwards. Like you're going backwards in the snow. So the way that I see it is if the game's going to be in fine conditions, if it's if there's not going to be a ton of snow uh, falling at the time, the Chiefs defense can react easier than the Bills did because the Bengals offense didn't work against the Bengals. And or against the Ravens, so the, the Bengals' offense didn't work against the Ravens. My, I, I've talked myself crazier here, but they stopped the short pass game. We know this offensive line is not good. The Chiefs have Chris Jones, who is a defensive player of the year finals. They also have Frank Clark, who hasn't had the best year, but he's still Frank Clark. Like I think this is a game where the offensive line for the Bengals isn't what they want it to be. The short pass game isn't going to work in the same way. So I think the Chiefs kind of have an advantage in that sense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I just, the, the line movement confuses me, which is why I'm taking Kansas City, just because go with my gut. And I just, I just, I can't sit here and imagine, Maho- like like you said, like they're an underdog. They're the, the naysayers are back out in full force. Like, you're still home, by the way. Like, I see that being a very big kind of play. And, you know, we're, we're still looking at the same team that two weeks ago barely beat the Ravens, right? That were They're lucky they're in that position because they barely beat the Ravens yeah. because of a stupid QB sneak call where from the two-yard line, he tries to jump over the, the line. So, like, let's not act like this team was one play away from losing in the divisional round to the Ravens who stink. So, I, I think – Why do you – Good. Why do you hate the Bengals? Though? I just, I was curious. You said you, you're rooting against them. I just, them. I think they're a punchable face team. I think yep. that they're the whole, their whole aura pisses me off. 
and all this love that Joe Burrow gets as like some sexy man, he is like one cigarette away from being like the most disgusting looking human being on the on planet Earth. He's like one. He's yeah. one rough party. He's one needle. He's one really rough, on. you know, like cocaine line away from just looking heinous. And people don't see that enough, and it makes me mad. Well, I think it's really tough because I actually do like Joe Burrow, but I think that the way that life is now and the way that like social media is, is when something is pushed in our face so much, we're bound to hate mm-hmm. it. Like, I think the same thing happened with Josh Allen like last year. And then when they lost this year, he kind of got the hate. I think Mahomes, you know, he was the the new flavor of the month when he came in the league and now everyone kind of hates him. But now Burrow's the most hated. Like it's. I don't know. I, I don't think it's Joe Burrow personally. I think, you know, obviously cigar thing is corny. He dresses funny, but I think deep down, I'm, I think Joe Burrow is a fine dude. I don't really have a problem with him. I just think that now it's like the throw in pregame where he looks away and like this and that. It's like Joe cool. I think that's what it is. Oh, 100%. It's, it's shoved in her. It's, it's, it's just shoved in her face so about much. about how cool Joe Burrow is. Yeah. I don't think Joe Burrow is doing anything differently than he's ever no, done. No, I just never. think that. Yeah. And, and also so like I, Josh Allen hasn't changed. So like, you can hate him, but the reason you hate him no. is because, like you said, Luke, the, the, the media sort of hype around these guys. But I just I, – I, I want Kansas City to win. I don't know. I want to see greatness with Patrick Mahomes. I want to see him chase down Tom Brady. I think that would be really cool. I agree, yeah. No, I, I, I said it last week. I was like, I'm going to root for the Chiefs this week. So is there official pick, the Chiefs? Yeah, Chiefs are my pick. All right, I will take the Cincinnati Bengals plus one because – there, there's no way they lose this game, Matt. I mean, they whoop the Bills last week. They're clearly, you know, Joe Burrow clearly better than Josh Allen. The Bengals are clearly the best team in the AFC. They won it last year. You look at what Eli Apple is saying on Twitter, like they're they're at an all time high. Their stock is only rising. There are you are you being no sarcastic chance. right now? There's no chance that the Bengals lose this game, so I will take the Bengals plus one. I, I think I see what you're doing here. I'm not going to ask any further questions, but I see what you're doing here. <laughs> I see what you're doing. There's just no. How do they lose this game? Patrick Mahomes is hobbled. The Bengals have their number. There's how do they, they lose they this game? Lose. I mean, you just said it 30 seconds ago or five minutes ago, Luke, when you said, "Oh yeah, like Frank Clark or, or, or Chandler Jones." Who's it? Chris Jones? Is that the dude? Yeah, Chris Jones. Chris Jones yep. have like 17 sacks on Joe Burrow. Like the run game is gonna be useless. I. Whatever. The Chiefs have so many dudes that are fast. Like they got rid of Hill and they just put Pacheco in number ten. And I'm like, man, they're still they're still fast. You know what's crazy? Like they got Tony. They got what? how bad the Clyde Edwards Alaire draft pick was. Yeah, like that, that dude sucks. Yeah, and they hate him. Which he's like the worse. one. He's the one dude from the LSU team that didn't work out. And I guess uh, what's who's the junior? Who's the tight end? Whose son was he? Uh, whatever. I don't. I don't care. Whoever the dude. Oh, this is going to kill me. Who is Alice's uh, tight end on that team? I'll look uh, it up. Oh, man. Oh, it was uh, someone like, yeah. very famous. Oh, uh, Thaddeus Moss. Oh, uh, yeah. Thaddeus Moss. It was, or Thaddeus. Yeah. So Randy Moss's son was like him, but he wasn't hyped. Like, Edwards Alaire was like the only guy that didn't work out from there. Like, everyone else is, is absolutely feasting in the NFL. But yes, Clyde Edwards Alaire did not work yeah, out. Not at all. Which is shocking because, like, how hard is it to be a running back in the NFL? Right. I will. I. Oh, I imagine it's very hard. Let me rephrase. You can find <laughs> Joe Schmo from BYU, yeah, and he can fit in and play running back pretty well. Yeah, I think if if you're drafting right now, like I don't even know if CMC goes in the first round. Like if you're doing a full 
redraft. Like I'm guessing mostly quarterbacks go and then maybe I honestly like offensive tackles might go first. Like he's the only guy I would even think about taking like early in a draft. CMC. You know? I mean, yeah. you consider age, like he's if, probably got like three, four years left him. So I, I okay, yeah, that's true. I mean, I think I would go. It'd be a big run of QB at the start, and then I'd probably go. I'd either go edge rusher, yeah, maybe like an Aaron Donald type. Offensive Obviously, he's tackle. interior, but yeah, and that's talking. Yeah, but if, with if, if you want to go running back, so. I don't think you see a running back drafted until like the third round. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, probably not. I wouldn't draft a running back. Okay, but if CMC was 20 years old, like he's the only one I could consider is what I'm but, saying. Like I'm not but taking But when are you taking a, a receiver? Like I don't think I'm taking a receiver with my top three picks. No, me either. That's a good point. I don't think I would. I mean, a Justin Jefferson can really, I mean. He could, but I think I want to go quarterback before I go receiver. And then I'd. Like, would you take Derek Carr before Justin Jefferson if you're drafting an NFL team? No. Would okay. I? I just. I, I don't know. Like maybe you know. would. Like that's a good question. Would you rather have Justin Jefferson and who's like the worst quarterback? That's like Taylor Heineke, or would you rather have Derek Carr and a lesser receiver? I guess that's who's the, the question. Receiver? I think you take Derek Carr. Um, who's a compare? Who's like a comparable Taylor Heineke receiver? Elijah Moore popped in my head. Yeah, Elijah Moore Samuel or like it. I think, yeah, like a like someone. I think yeah, I would take maybe Carr like and Samuel because, I mean, look at what Carr did before, you know, aside from this year. Like, did he have any elite, elite receivers? I guess he had Amari Cooper no. at one point. Like, he was okay. Yeah, so. Exactly. That's just, that's the way, they, that's why the Jets need I guess I go Derek right? Carr. It all yeah. comes full there circle. It all comes full circle. That's the Wilding and Owens show. Luke Owens, Matt Wilding. Be sure to follow us at Wilding and Owens. You're off on Monday, Yeah, right? I start the big boy job. That's right, big boy we, Matt. We could do a show um, after if you want, but I think we've got some a little mandate action, hopefully. That's true. So we'll figure that out. I might do a solo. We'll no, see. You won't. I mean, how, what do you mean I won't? How do you I know, know I won't? you won't. I, I've done plenty of solo shows when you were on your vacation the whole three months that of was summer. One month. So okay, I've, relax. I, I would like to do to a it. show at some point Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. At some oh, point. every day. At four days. No, just at some four point, straight, I think we should do a, a show. All right, we'll do a show. We will have shows next week. Do not worry. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys next week.